Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Everyone, welcome to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. We have plenty of more Flyers Talk for you here on today's edition. And I am joined as always by the wonderful Brooke Descher. Brooke Descher, how are you doing? Jordan Hall, happy... Ah, what day of the week is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where my brain is at right now. Oh my goodness, I really had to stop and think where we were. Don't worry. Um, anyways, I'm feeling good. Hey, it's I think Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love it. That, that's what the off season does to, to us, right, Brooke? When we don't have Flyers hockey, uh, we lose track of the days because uh, I think we miss Flyers hockey. Yeah, I realized it the other day. I, literally yesterday, I thought that it was Monday the whole day. <laughs> and then I sat down to watch the second Phillies game, and I was like, it's Tuesday? <laughs> it took me until literally 5, 6 o'clock to realize what day it was. So, yeah, I blame the Flyers not having me on a strict schedule right now. There we go. Fire <laughs> everyone. No. Uh, <laughs> that, no, we've all been there. And, and speaking of Monday, the remaining NHL awards were announced for the 2019-20 season, all the big ones, Hart Trophy, Calder Trophy, um, you name it, uh, they were announced. And Brooke, it kind of had us thinking. Uh, we know Sean Couturier won the Selkie Trophy. We know Elaine Vigneault was runner-up for the Jack Adams. And we know Oscar Lindblom was a finalist for the Bill Masterton Award. Um, so we're going to do a little prediction here. If we had to pick one flyer that's going to be the next flyer to win one of those major awards, which flyer would it be and what award? Brooke, let's start with you. What are you thinking? Okay, so... I am not going to include Sean Couturier in this because I have a feeling he, throughout the rest of his career, he's going to at least win at least two more Selkies. So because he just won one, I'm going to put him to the side because I think everybody's really just expecting him to just, like, explode going into next season because this is a huge confidence booster. So I wholeheartedly believe that the next flyer that wins anything big is going to be Carter Hart. I think he's going to win the Vezina. And I know people are going to be like, really? When you look at his road record and all of this stuff from last season, well, he's 22 and he's already established as the franchise goaltender. He's only going to get better. 
And I don't really think it's going to be a significant amount of time before he starts to get that league-wide recognition as well. I mean, you know how long it took for people to start appreciating Couturier out of Philly. So I think goaltenders are a position that people look at a little more frequently because of the value that they hold to their team. Um, But yeah, I'm going with Carter Hart. I don't think it's going to be that long because I think he's really going to hone into a few things that he didn't really like about his game last season and really amplify things moving forward. So Carter Hart is my guy. Brooke, I like that because you think about it, um, like you said, only 22 uh, the future is incredibly bright. He's going to be here for a long, long time. People are thinking, obviously, the next decade, you're going to get a really, really good Carter Hart. I think Rookie even deserved some votes for this year's one. If you look, the, the Vesna Trophy is voted on by NHL general managers. Uh, Carter Hart did not, get, did not receive a vote. And that's nothing, you know, I don't think he was a glaring omission from the list or anything. It's just a few votes. But there were some guys on there that, you know, had a worse goals against average than Carter Hart. Hart had more wins than a lot of those guys. Um, he even had a better goals against uh, average than Andre Vasilevsky. So uh, I think he could have gotten a vote or two, but uh, absolutely. I hope he's in the conversation. Um, that's a really good one. And yeah, I'll go with, um, it's tough because I, I, if, if we're thinking maybe Oscar Limbaugh, I think could be up for the Masterton next year as well. Uh, given this will kind of be his comeback season in full. Um, I think that would be a cool one. I hope he's up for it again. Um, that's a, obviously a, a really cool award um, and very deserving. Uh, the guys uh, that are, are typically up for it uh, usually have really cool stories that uh, deserve to be, to be recognized. Um, and obviously, we definitely expect Couturier to be up for a Selkie, uh, multiple Selkies. Um, maybe I'll go Elaine Vigneault for the Jack Adams. Maybe, you know, he's, he's here. Uh, he's always going to be in the conversation because he's a five-time finalist. He's won it before. Um, and hey, if the Flyers take that next big step, uh, he should be there. He should be up there, up, be up for it. Um, I wanted to go maybe Brooke Ivan Provrov for the Norris, but I think the Norris is really tough to win. There's a lot of good defensemen. Um, sometimes it comes down to scoring a lot, as we know. And I'm not sure Provrov ever is ever going to be like a top five scorer at his position. Um, so I'll go Jack Adams. I'll, I'll say Elaine Vigneault for the Jack Adams. I think the Flyers will take the next step, and I think that will put him right there in consideration for it. And given he's got the, the kind of the brand name for that award, uh, let's go Elaine Vigneault for the Jack Adams. But, Brooke, do you think, uh, do you think Provrov can maybe be in that Norris conversation as well coming, coming up soon? I mean, personally, I don't really see it, like, as soon as next season. Sure. But you really see glimpses of – the offensive capabilities that he has. And frankly, the, the way that the Norris Trophy is voted on kind of irritates me because it's supposed to be a top defenseman. And they're like, ooh, defensemen who know how to score. Yeah. They're going to win it. It's, you know, doesn't really make that much sense to me. But rec- like recognize the players for doing their own position and doing it well. Having a 200-foot game is incredible. Being able to um, help your team out on both sides of the ice, obviously it's beneficial. I think that's kind of where Provorov might be hurt when it comes to this award, just because 
of like you said, it, it is really more based on offensive capabilities, which doesn't, again, makes no sense to me. Right. Um, I've really said since he started in the league a few years ago that he has so much potential to win this and be a multi, like, winning Norris Trophy player throughout his career. I don't think it's going to happen for a little bit longer, though, just because of reasons. No, that's fair. Like you were saying, it really is kind of a weird award that typically the defenseman that scores the most is the one that gets, you know, the most recognition for it. Uh, I'm not saying those defensemen aren't good in their own end, but typically you have to put up the offense in production to get recognition. Provrov might not ever be that guy that's going to, you know, be among those top five guys and points at his position. That's not a knock on him. It's just he does so much that, um, you know, he doesn't have to put up all those points. He's, yeah. It's not exactly his game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, no flyer has ever won the uh, – a flyer has never won the Norris Trophy. So it would be really cool to see him eventually kind of up for it, maybe maybe a finalist, maybe top five in voting. He did receive a couple fifth-place votes, so that was kind of cool to see. Go for Ivan Provrov. And, but all right, well, that was fun. Uh, we definitely hope uh, the flyers – you know, th- this year – uh, compared to last season, they did not have anyone really up for any awards because we knew how bad that season was. No one deserved it. Uh, this year, they had a lot of guys kind of in the conversation. They had finalists. That was good to see. I think it had to be fun to see for Flyers fans. Flyers Talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. Well, Brooke, as we know, uh, NHL free agency is kind of around the corner. Uh, October 9th is when the free agency period opens. Uh, we don't expect it to be as crazy maybe as, you know, in years past when obviously it's typically on July 1 and there's probably more money to spend, um, bigger needs. Uh, this year, a little different. Flat cap, uh, free agency will be in October. Uh, teams might not have as much to spend. and fr- Quite frankly, they do not, uh, especially with the, ca- the cap remaining flat. But we're still going to look at some UFAs, Brooke. We know the UFAs on the Flyers roster, but – the team might not go out and spend a whole lot. They can't really do that to begin with. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe they get a depth guy. Maybe they do what they did last year um, outside of their bigger moves. Maybe they sign some fringe AHL, NHL guys to, you know, to those, uh, th- those deals that kind of help you uh, deep, deep in the depth range. But we're going to pick a UFA on the market uh, that we like for the Flyers maybe to be interested in. Maybe they'll look at maybe a certain position. Uh, Brooke, if you had to pick one position or one player on the market that you think they could pursue realistically, who would it be? So I've been tossing this whole idea around where I'm still looking at, oh, are the Flyers going to keep Brian Elliott? He's got such a friendly contract from the coming off of that from the previous season. Would there be really anything in free agency this year that can match that? And frankly, I've been going through this list for quite a while now, and my answer is no, because I genuinely think that if you had to go out into free agency and get a like a key thing, a key player that you need going into next year, it is a backup goaltender. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think there's anything out on the market right now that you can get at Elliott's quality at such a low price essentially um so i'm also still on team re-sign tyler pitlick yeah because 
I just, I really like his game. And I think that things really worked well for him in Philly. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I know that it's not this huge, bold, flaming hot take of what the Flyers need to acquire in this offseason. But also, I think a lot of people knew that heading into this as soon as the playoffs were done for them. They weren't going to make a lot of moves. Frankly, they don't have the cap space to do any, you know, breaking news kind of signs. And it's also not a huge market this year in free agency either. So I guess I didn't really answer your question technically because no, no. <laughs> I don't feel like there's anyone out there that can really add to the Flyers as much as people may think they do. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm sure you have at least somebody on your mind. Um, so let's switch gears. How are you feeling with free agency? Do you think they're going to make any big moves or what? No, I'm glad you brought up. Uh, I'm glad you brought up goalie. That's a position that the Flyers will be looking at. They have to, obviously. Uh, Brian Elliott will be uh, a UFA, and they either have to re-sign him or probably go out and get someone because I don't really think they have an internal option right now. It's ready to really take on a serious backup duty uh, right now at the NHL level. So I'm glad you hit on that. It will be really interesting to see what the Flyers do there if they do not re-sign Brian Elliott. It, it, well, it's something that's um, a huge position, obviously, backing up Carter Hart. That is. Um, the organization should be focused on that, and they will be. Uh, and, Brooke, I, I'm with you. I just don't think they're going to do much. They can't really do much. They have, like, a little under $8 million in cap space. They have some RFAs to resign, and they're going to have some young players, um, not just this year, but in future off-seasons, uh, particularly the next one after this one, uh, that are going to need new deals. So they understand that. You really have to balance it, and uh, this year just might not be the year that they can really do it. Plus – they really like what they have here uh, internally. They like their young players. Uh, we're going to touch on that more in terms of they had 11 rookies play last year. We'll, we'll hit on that topic a little bit later in the, in the show. But um, So I think they like what they have, and they're going to really trust these young players to take the next step. But for sake of this, uh, for this segment, um, if, there, one guy that maybe caught my eye a little bit was Jimmy Vasey. Um, okay. 27-year-old winger, uh, played for Elaine Vigneault in New York with the Rangers. He has a couple 17-goal seasons at the NHL level. Uh, so play for Vigneault, 27 years old. He's really, really close with Kevin Hayes. They are good friends. He's a Boston guy, so he knows the Northeast. So maybe he's attractive to the Flyers and what they have here in terms of Vigneault, Kevin Hayes' familiarity with him. And he's a Harvard guy as well, a real smart kid. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is a Harvard guy as well. Um, last year, he had a cap hit of $2.275 million. Had a solid year with the Sabres in his one year with Buffalo after leaving uh, New York and not signing there. Um, had like a 20-point season with Buffalo. Um, solid year. So maybe he takes another deal in the $2 million range um, and could be a depth guy for the Flyers. If the Flyers don't re-sign Tyler Pitlick, if they don't re-sign Derek Grant, and they still, had, they still have some death open, death, depth openings <laughs> in the bottom six – Maybe they look at Jimmy Vesey. I just see some ties there um, with, with the Vigneault connection, the Hayes connection, the Northeast right. connection. And he kind of could give them, you know, maybe, maybe he has, you know, he's only 27 years old. He came into the league a little bit later because he was a college guy. Maybe he's got 15, 20 goal potential in your bottom six. Smart player. Um, and I could see him being in that, that range for the Flyers that maybe they could afford to spend one or two million on a depth guy for maybe one or two years. 
So right. uh, I'm going to go Jimmy VC. Another okay. guy that kind of caught my eye was Matthew Nieto, mm-hmm. uh, a depth uh, forward for the Avalanche. Um, over the past three, three seasons in Colorado, he had 20-plus points in each of them. Uh, his cap hit was under $2 million last year. Um, I think he's going to get a little bit of a payday because he's been pretty productive in their bottom six. But um, real solid player that I think, again, could be in their price range. And if they don't look to maybe uh, get a young kid to step up or they don't re-sign Tyler Pitlick, these are similar players, I think, in the Tyler Pitlick, Derek Grant, Elk, um, that maybe uh, – excuse me, Tyler Pitlick, Derek Grant, Elk. Um, they're in, the, in that type of player – uh, range so maybe maybe they go Matthew Nieto but again I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to go there but those are my two guys that I think uh, you know aren't like the Hoffmans or the Taylor Halls um, or the, the Toffoli's I just don't think the Flyers obviously have that um, money to spend and I don't think they're going to really commit to those type of guys because they could block a young player but right. that's what so I'm going with Brooke. All right love both of those yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot real fast. Okay. I have a question for you. And I think that this is something that's been kind of being tossed around for a little over a season now. If it was presented and it was cap friendly, would you be willing to bring Wayne Simmons back? It's a great question. Um, cause I think there's a, I think there's some fans out there that would love to see that. Um, I want to say no. I love Wayne Simmons. He's actually one of my favorite players to cover, uh, getting to know him uh, as I started covering this team. Um, just love everything about him in terms of his, you know, really good player. And then also just what he does for the organization, the city, teammates, standing up for everyone, uh, tough guy. I'm going to say no just because I think you would have to get him on like a one-year deal. He's just – he has kind of declined very quickly. And the poor guy's has been beat up physically – um, over his career, and it's a shame. He really never got his payday. I felt that, you know, he's a two-time 30-goal scorer that never really got that deal that he deserved. Um, he became a bargain for the Flyers. And then once he was up for free agency, um, he started to decline a little bit physically, um, wasn't as fast as he used to be, wasn't, um, you know, just as healthy. And I feel bad he just never got that deal. I'm going to say no just because I just don't want them to block um, a bottom six winger that's maybe a little more spry, a little quicker. Um, for me, I'm going to say no. It's tough. Brooke, what are you thinking? I know. So I have been so back and forth with this because I'm going to be honest as well. Simmons is one of my favorite players that I've ever been able to watch and then cover um, in my life. And I think every single Flyers fan had a mutual love and respect for him so you knew in his coming days before he was eventually traded to Nashville it was gut-wrenching when you thought that it was it was going to end and I'm going to be honest I was watching this entire season with the Flyers and thinking to myself Simmons should be here to be experiencing a good Flyers team yeah so that's where I lean with that angle. I just think that he is so well-respected. I mean, you know, he's got the really strong relationship with Jake Voracek. He's a leader like no other. And I think it shows on the ice in the locker room. And he, I feel like the Flyers missed him in the enforcer element as well this year. I feel like, I mean, you know, Travis Konechny is a pest. 
and we have Scott Lawton and Robert Haig, but no, when you're on the ice, Wayne Simmons, you're intimidated immediately because of the player that he's been his entire career. So I try and look at the pros and the cons. I think he fits the atmosphere in Philly really well, but obviously, you know, he started off this year with the Devils, $5 million contract for one year, and then was traded to Buffalo because New Jersey wasn't really getting what they – what they wanted out of him. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I want him to come home. Yes. I know that he was with the Kings prior to it, but I want him to come back to Philly. And I don't know if that's just my, it's, it's a personal take, but I feel like, ugh, I miss him. I yep. miss the energy that he brings. And honestly, who cares about the age? Um, I don't really say that a lot with sports. I know we were just talking about that with Giroux getting older on the last podcast, but the energy that Wayne Simmons brings is unmatched. And I figured I would just throw that up in the air for the pod because I know that a lot of people talk about it. So that's where I'm at. I just, if the Flyers win in the future, I just want him to be a part of it. I think that's where my brain goes. I hope he feels a part of it, too, if they win in the future and he's not here because he did so much in Philadelphia, like you said, Brooke. And um, I, I really do think he would be awesome for the locker room. I think he's – I know that that is kind of a cliche thing, but it's true that you, you do want those type of guys in your dressing room. Um, I think he rubs off on young players really well. And I think the Flyers have missed that kind of guy that go out there and almost set a standard on the ice in terms of – you're not going to mess with us too much physically. If you do, you mess with me. I don't think they really had that this year. I think you had guys kind of doing it by committee because they didn't really have a player like Wayne Simmons to always be there to have someone's back. Um, I feel bad because he, that deal, he just became such a bargain in Philadelphia with his contract and good for him. He outplayed that contract, but then he never hit the market. And then once he hit the market, his body was just so beat up and he went through hell physically. And now, you know, he, he got traded to Nashville. Then he re-signed with Jersey for a one-year deal. Then got traded again to Buffalo. And now he's back on the market. And I worry that he's probably going to get like another one-year deal for a team that's like, I just don't know what you have left. We'll give you one year. Can you take that? And it's just going to now be like him just bouncing around from team to team. I feel he just deserves better than that. I'm hoping maybe he gets like a two-year deal, Brooks, somewhere. A little more security. Um, I don't know what kind of money he'll get. But uh, I think he can still help. I think he can still score goals. I think he can still fit on a power play. And I think he would do wonders for any team you trust in room. Um, but I will say, I, I did see the other day, I, I was happy to see, he was saying this is the healthiest he's felt in a long time. He says he, feel, he finally feels like he's kind of overcome some of the injuries he was dealing with. I think he was always playing with some things. Um, and I, he said he, he's been trained like a madman. And he feels really, really strong, really healthy. So I hope teams see that. I hope they hear that. And I hope they give him a chance. Uh, I know he'll get a deal somewhere, Brooke, right? He's oh, absolutely. He'll sign somewhere. Um, maybe the Flyers look into it a little bit. But uh, I just don't know if they're going to give him, you know, maybe, maybe I, I just feel like the, the bridges were kind of ended between Wayne Simmons and the Flyers. It's a new regime. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, that would be cool. I hope they look into it a little bit. We shall see. And, and, and why that might be a little unlikely is because they, the Flyers have a lot of youth. They have a lot of youth in their bottom six. 
and uh, Brooke. Look at that segue. Yes, what a segue. That was a great segue, <laughs> Jordan Hall. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly, perfectly timed. Um, as we know, Flyers, the Flyers played 11 rookies this year, 11 rookies. And you know what? For people that maybe are a little surprised by that, I'm going to run them off real quick. Joel Farabee, Philip Myers, Nicholas Aubé-Kubel, Morgan Frost, Mike Vorobiev, Connor Bonneman, Carson Torinsky, David Cache, Mark Friedman, uh, Samuel Moran, and Yermin Rubdesov. So a lot of rookies. Um, and Brooke, I had us thinking, among those 11 rookies, which one do you think will have the biggest impact, biggest jump next season for the Flyers? going to start this off by saying I really hope the Vorobiev experiment is done. Yeah. Um, I feel really bad because he's a very solid player with the Phantoms and then every single time without hesitation, without question, without anything, he gets called up to the Flyers and he forgets how to play hockey. Yep. So... I think the Flyers are going to be ben- – like, they'll, they'll benefit from him not being called up. So yeah. I just wanted to lay it out there. Uh, <laughs> and that's not that's anything for Obiev. I think he's a great player. I watched him play in Lehigh Valley for a few seasons now. Yeah. He's great in the AHL. But there are just some players that are career AHLers. Yeah. They can never fully make that jump to – the NHL, and that's perfectly fine. Sure. Not every single prospect, not every single draft, not every single Phantoms player is supposed to be with the Flyers. That is so unrealistic. Yeah. So the Vorobiev experience – I keep saying experience – experiment, there we go, it's done. Yeah. And I think everyone's kind of aware of that now. Um. As far as who I think needs to step up next year, um, Albe Kubel immediately comes to mind because he just signed his nice new shiny contract. So the Flyers are expecting a lot out of him because they did get that contract right out of the gate. But since we talked about him on the last podcast, I figured I was going to go with Joel Farabee for this one because he has – Basically a full season under his belt now, give or take a handful of games. Uh, He played 52 this year. So going from one year of college hockey to making the jump to literally the pros because he did not make the opening night roster and people were really confused about that because he impressed really well in training camp. And I'm going to definitely give him a little bit of slack because of the fact that he is a rookie and he kind of fluctuated with performance the whole year where he had really great, like five or six game stints where you were just like, Oh, he's on fire. Get the puck to Farabee. He's really, really intelligent when it comes to making plays. Mm -hmm. But when he disappeared, it did more harm than good. So I think I just, want him to be a little more accountable for those kind of poor performances in the following season, because clearly he's, he's done well. Otherwise he wouldn't have been with the flyers this year. Everyone sees him really as a lock moving forward. So if he's going to be viewed as a lock, 
he's going to have to perform like one. So I'm going to go with Farabee, but again, 52 games this year and 21 points as a rookie, you couldn't really ask for more from Farabee. So I'm just saying I, I expect more because he has that experience now. I like that pick. Um, I think, Brooke, like you said, uh, you know, the fact that he was a one and done in college and was in the NHL this year uh, is a pretty good victory in itself right there for the Flyers and for Farabee in terms of his development. So, yeah, very exciting future for Joel Farabee. And I, I think he could be a guy that could really totally solve all the buzz of, and, and um, the complaining about, like, do the Flyers have enough scoring? Um, he's a goal scorer. That kid can score goals. He can make plays. Um, he's only 20 years old. So if he comes up and makes a big jump, yeah, that can really solve the Flyers. Um, any dilemmas they have or any doubt in their mind that they don't have enough scoring, I think Farabee's a guy that can take a huge jump. I love that pick. Um, that was a guy I was absolutely thinking of. But since you stole him from me, Brooke, uh-huh. <laughs> I will go Morgan Frost. Um, okay, that was I, my backup. Yes. <laughs> um, I know we're picking some of the obvious, you know, first-round pick playmakers guys, but they really are guys that can really kind of force the hand on the organization, um, make, you know, really dictate their decision-making. I think Farabee dictated some of their decision-making this year. Um by showing he was ready and showing that they didn't have to go out and get another guy or use anyone else or make any big moves at the trade deadline. Um, and I think Morgan Frost is a similar guy. Playmaker down the middle, center, uh, prolific type of scorer at the junior level, how fast he can translate that his game to the NHL level and show that he can play 200 feet uh, could go a long way in what the Flyers do in terms of looking externally for solutions down the middle um, or calling up other players, if he can come up and really make a bang and show that he can score at this level consistently, play a consistent game, show that he's there every single game, um, I think the Flyers don't have to do a whole lot. Uh, so I think Frost is a guy that um, hopefully he's working out, you know, this all season, getting bigger and coming back and, and determined to show what he can do. Um, I think, again, he could go a long way for the Flyers. So I'm going to go Morgan Frost there, but um, a lot of young players broke to really pick from him. You know, Philip Myers could be taking a huge jump next season. And we know oh, Keith yeah. Jones is very high on him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny because you mentioned you were like, oh, you know, people may say that we're stating the obvious. But the thing is, if it's obvious, it should be something that is addressed at at least one point. So yeah, we have these expectations for these players and we just kind of want to see them meet them especially moving in the next season visit your philadelphia area cadillac dealer today and experience the ultimate in iconic luxury brooke speaking kind of of young players uh holes on the flyers what they need to do this all season we're going to talk about that a bunch we already have if you had to pick maybe one concern that is kind of in your mind right now for them going into 2020-21 season uh what would it be Simply put, I don't want the Flyers to pull a Flyers. Um, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, I, I will elaborate. Uh, <laughs> I think I know what you mean, but I'm going to let you explain. Yeah. So, granted, we see really small bursts of it in previous seasons where you get excited, you become optimistic about this team. Oh, they're on a – They're on a 10-game winning streak. They're turning things around. They went from the bottom of the league to the middle of the league. And then it all crashes and burns, and you continue to get your hopes up. 
and then just to fall flat on your face. Sure. Because I grew up with the Flyers, and that's really the era that I unfortunately know <laughs> for the most part, is I'm afraid that they're going to come into next season and have such high expectations coming off of this year and making the second round of the playoffs, having a Selkie winner, having a Jack Adams finalist behind the bench, Carter Hart in net. Like there are so many elements that should make the Flyers brilliant this year. But there's that fear in the back of my head that I really don't think is ever going to go away until there's a parade down Broad Street where I am just fearful that it's going to collapse. And the other side of my brain really doesn't see that happening just because it's so well-structured now. There's no way. It's not like Jenga. You're not going to pull a single block out and it's going to topple over and the game's over. That's not the case. But there's still just that lingering fear that I can never shake. So... Just don't pull a Flyers, Flyers. Don't pull a Flyers, Flyers. I like that. I think every Flyers fan can relate to you right there, Brooke Destra. Um, And, hey, they cannot really afford a letdown season, right? Because we know about their core. Claude Giroux in the second to last year of his deal. Jacob Voracek's getting older. JVR is 31. So is Voracek – you know, their core is not getting younger. They don't really have many years to kind of say, well, that was just a letdown. We weren't ourselves that year. You know, let's get back at it next year. No. You know, the time is, time is precious. Uh, Chuck Fletcher had mentioned it uh, during the playoffs that every year in the NHL, every chance you get um, to get really close to the cup is, is precious and people should value that chance. So, yeah, let's hope they don't start slow. They, we knew they started slow with the crazy schedule and the travel in October. Um, and we know the Flyers notoriously, this, this group has kind of tended to, you know, to pick up slowly and then get going. So let's hope they don't do that. Um, because yeah, they, they have expectations this year and they need, they need to meet them for sure. Yeah. I think Um, one thing that I am excited about though, is the fact that there's what 95% chance that next season's played in a few different bubbles. I mean, obviously that's still being thrown around. There's nothing set in stone yet. That means there's no West Coast road trip into the new year. Thank God. I think everyone <laughs> has just dreaded those uh, <laughs> those road trips. Um, Western Canada never seems to go well either sometimes. Um, and like you said, the West Coast, that one right around the holidays. Oh, my never God. Go. We're um, supposed to be all happy and cheerful. Yay, Christmas, New Year's. No, because the right. fires would rain on our friggin' parades. Yeah, not only are the games really <laughs> late, obviously, for East Coast people, us on the East Coast, but they never seem to really play well. Like, they were pr- like they were pretty bad games, ugly games at times. So, hey, yeah, yeah we'll see what next year. Um, so many big decisions in terms of will fans be in the building? Where will games be played? Will they have to do a bubble for some of the season? So on and so forth. So, we'll, we'll get those answers eventually. I think for me – uh, if I had a big concern, it, it would just be consistent goal scoring. I think we saw that really dry up in the, the postseason when the games um, got really big and when the ice kind of tightened up, uh, which it tends to do in playoff hockey. Um, their offense really dried up, and that would be my biggest concern. They're a balanced team, which is great, 
But sometimes you do need a guy that just go out there and flat out score, flat out make a play. And if they don't obviously go out and address that with some loud, big move, um, I do worry a little bit about their goal scoring. I know they were the seventh. They scored the seventh most goals in the regular season. They were light years better this year. Um, but my one concern would be, do they have enough consistent goal scoring? Could they struggle to score a little bit? Um, do they have the personnel if they don't go out and, and grab someone? So we'll see. I'm hoping some young guys step up and, and kind of prove us wrong there. And I hope, uh, you know, I, th I think they still have plenty of scoring. I like their balance. But um, that would probably be my one concern is that they kind of come out and they don't have the goal scoring at first. And all of a sudden you're starting to worry about the internal options here. So we'll sure. see that. I think they had the personnel, Brooke. But, but Brooke, uh, we'll have plenty more hockey to talk about. Plenty more hockey to talk about as the NHL draft get, gets closer. We'll be hitting on that some more free agency as well in October. Um, we, we hope we have plenty more as Stanley Cup starts to wrap up. And as the full-on offseason gets uh, into full swing, uh, we'll be talking plenty more. But thank you, as always, Brooke Destra. Oh, thank you, Jordan Hall. Always a pleasure. Always so much fun. And looking forward, as always, for the next time. Awesome. I love it. Uh, special thank you as well to our podcast producer, Ben Berry. And special thank you to Flyers fans for listening, as always. Flyers fans, this is your latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by the Philadelphia Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.